to tell you it makes a guy a little nervous when it's his turn to preach and there's a bowl of tomatoes at the entrance that says help yourself. Uh, so I've been working on my dodging skills all morning. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Cleveland had a tradition here for all the graduating seniors at Oak Haven. At the end of the school year, Gary would have all the seniors come up here and he would give them one of these. He'd give them a silver dollar. Now these weren't just any silver dollars. He gave them real silver dollars. The kind that when they were made, they actually contained a dollar's worth of silver. And in the case of this one, it was 1880. So in 139 years, the price of silver has gone up exponentially. And the fact that this coin is worth much, much more than a dollar. And it was this information that Gary used to tell the kids in what he called the lesson of the silver dollar. And as he imparted this lesson to them, he also gave them with the coin a letter that uh, kind of told the same story, this lesson of the silver dollar. Uh, he gave them a copy of that so that they could keep that and refer to it often. And um, I asked Patrick to send me a copy of his letter from Gary. And he did, and uh, I've got it here today, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. It's a little blurry, but uh, it is readable. And I'm going to read that. I can't see it from back there, so I'm going to read it here. <laughs> it says, the imprint on this coin says it is worth $1. Its name even seems to dictate its value, silver dollar but its value is not restricted to what it may have been originally. What is in it, silver, makes it worth more than the amount stamped upon it. In life, you will have various people stamping their value upon your life. In fact, you will often be devalued by the comments and criticisms of others. You must remember that you have within you something of more worth than others will ever see. God's Holy Spirit who dwells within you is more powerful and more valued than anything in this world. So as I was preparing this coin as a gift for a recent graduate, it struck me that this message is really for all of us. This is something that we can all take with us, something that we can all take time to remember over and over. See, so the reality of the, is that each one of us is valued on a regular basis by our coworkers, our peers, and even our families. And we live in a world where value is earned it's not something given. Your value is earned by what you do, what you say in this world. And even in sports, 
we have the MVP award, the most valuable player. We even like to seek out the person on the team who has risen above the rest and say, yes, you're more valuable than all the others. And a funny thing about that value is that it isn't constant. It's ever-changing. The MVP of today might be sitting on the bench tomorrow. And you might be saying, hey, hey, what about me? Remember me? I'm the MVP. I'm the one who got it done. And I said, that's right, you got it done. But you're not really getting it done anymore. We have a new MVP. We wake up with goals. We want to elevate our value. We want to go to work and show our superiors that we have talents, we have value in the hopes that we'll get recognized and maybe promoted. We want our families, our friends to see us as leaders. We want them to look up to us. We want them to come to us when they have problems, but we don't want to have to go to them because if I can't figure out something on my own, then maybe I'm not as valuable as I think I am. It's funny, one of the hardest times for me as a parent was when my kids reached that age, that age to know who I really was. You know, it was, it was easy when they were little and they looked up to dad and dad's the big man. He, dad seems to know everything. Dad can get things done, dad's strong. But they reach a time in their lives when they could say, Dad says some things at church, but then he acts different at home. Dad isn't quite the hero I thought he was all this time. And your kids have to make that decision, you know, on, but is he still valuable to me? Is there value there? And that's the scariest moment of, of parenthood, I think. And I'm thankful that through God's grace that uh, I hopefully still have a little bit of value to my kids, that they, 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 they are great and they, we have good relationships, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, the reality is earning value, value is tough. It's tough physically. It's tough emotionally, and it's tough spiritually. But that's the point of the silver dollar lesson. What if you didn't have to earn your value? What if it were given to you when you were born? What if it were given to you before you were born? Genesis tells us that we're all created in the image of God. But the psalm that Carolyn read, it gives us a glimpse into the intimacy of that creation. 
I want to read from 13 to 16. It says, For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God was there, not when you were born, but when you were created. It speaks how God created our inmost being, not our being, not so much our flesh, but our inmost being. That's what he was concerned about. God made you, you, and God made me, me. And that's a wonderful thing, and I love this imagery that David uses in that he knit us together. And that he knit us together in our mother's womb. Now, knitting is something that's pretty far removed from us today. It isn't a necessary skill like it once was when people made their own clothes, made their own blankets, made their own linens. But it's something that we know takes time. It takes patience. It takes a vision. Because through it all, the goal isn't just to make something functional. It's to make something beautiful as well. When we got up and dressed ourselves this morning, we pulled out clothes out of the closet that we picked ourselves based on what we thought would look good. We don't just buy things for their function. We also want it to be pleasing. And in that same thing, God didn't build you for function. He built you for beauty as well. And this idea that I, I struggled with for a little bit of being fearfully and wonderfully made wasn't quite grasping that fearfully part but as I thought about it this this vision kind of came to me and created this idea of a craftsman and if you've ever built something or worked on something to restore it or what have you this image came to my mind of getting right down to the very end. Getting right down to that last piece, the make or break moment. It's the last part, so delicate. All the hard work comes down to this and you hold your breath and you reach out and you place the last piece, paint the last brush stroke, stitch the last stitch and you step back and you can finally exhale it's done it's perfect it's just what I imagined that's the vision I get when this fearfully and wonderfully made that God is just 
in awe of his own creation, in awe of you. And when we create something, just like as God created you, we want to display it. We want others to see its beauty. We want to show it off. And sometimes people see the beauty in it and they love it just like you do. Sometimes they think it's just okay. Other times they don't like the shape. They don't like the color. And it hurts when they can't see the beauty that you see, the beauty that you created. And our Heavenly Father hurts when others can't see the beauty he's created in you. Not because his ego is bruised, because he knows what truth is. He knows what true beauty is. But he hurts because it hurts you. And he worries that you might forget the true value that you have. Our Heavenly Father knows who you are. He's put value on you. And he worries that you might start accepting the value that others stamp on you. The psalmist tells us that God is always there watching, trying to remind us of how valuable we actually are. I'm going to read one through six. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. He's always there. He was there in the beginning. As it said, he laid out the path for you. He knows you, your inmost being. But there's times when we might succumb to the lies of the world and even try to run from the one who loves us most. But David tells us even there, God will be. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If, my make, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God plans to be there to the end. 
your value doesn't decrease when you run from him. Your value doesn't decrease when you've been away from him for a long time. Your value never decreases because what's in you never leaves. God is always in you. Sometimes maybe we don't feel it, but he's there. Gary finished his letter with a scripture referencing 1 John 4.4. 4. I want to read John 4, 1 John 4, 1 through 4. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Tracy and I watched a documentary a week or so ago on Mr. Rogers. And a long time ago, Fred Rogers said something in an interview that hit me really hard. He said, if anybody says or does anything to someone, especially a child, that makes them feel like they are less than what they are. That's pure evil. And I thought, man, I gotta watch myself. So it's not only must we watch out for those who will make us feel less than what we are, who try and devalue us, we also must not forget that those around us are also the children of God and not devalue them. We are all God's special creations. And it's important, again, that we don't let ourselves be devalued but that we also don't devalue others. Because the first person that you think isn't worth much, their words, their actions aren't really positive, aren't godly. Maybe they've forgotten how much God values them. So remind them. Maybe the person who seems to be no good at all acts that way because he doesn't know or she doesn't know that God values them above all creation. Maybe they're hurting because they don't know the value that they actually have and they're lashing out. 
It's up to us to tell them. I'm going to end with one last slide from 1 John, from chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Let's pray together. Holy Father, I thank you so much for the value that you've given each of us. That you've called us to be your sons, your daughters, to rule over this earth, Father, to take care of it as if it were your own. Father, you call us to love as we are loved, and we don't always do that. I pray that you give us the heart, the minds, to see others as we see ourselves, as created by you, as woven together by you, as loved by you, Father. Give us the sense of worth that you want us to have and help us to share that with those around us that they might know that they are loved as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.